0: I won't turn back no. I won't turn back. The road is hard, but it's not too long. The enemy's here, but it's not too strong. I won't turn back no. Me. The battle is up, but I'm not too weak. And I won't turn back, Lord. No. Oh, oh, I won't turn back. You know, the war is hard, but it's not too long. The enemy's here, but it's not too strong. And I won't turn back.
1: our hearts with our hands. We're loving you, Jesus. We praise you, O God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I bless you, O Lord. I bless you, O Lord. I thank you, dear Christ of Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. You have a Bible this morning. we would like to turn our attention to the gospel according to Mark one gospel, four accounts of it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to look at Mark's account as God inspired him to write from what he experienced. In the 10th chapter of Mark, Mark chapter 10. i going to read verse 40 of Mark chapter 10. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. I'd like to minister this morning on preparation for the prepared. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Jesus said in John's account of the gospel, John chapter 14, he started off by saying, let not your heart be troubled. If this heart is not troubled, chances are this heart is not going to get in trouble. So you want the peace of God to rule in your heart, in the place where you think, And the place where you feel, the seat of your thoughts and your emotions and your intellect. You want that to have the peace of God. That the scripture said passeth all understanding. And let that rule in your heart. When the enemy wants to create a storm, a hurricane in your heart, you want to let God's peace rule there. He, as it was said, in your Bible, in the midst of a terrible storm that had come up on the lake, and they were in the boat, and the Bible said that the elements, the winds and the sea begin to rock that boat to and fro, and come up the water was coming up into the boat, and the scripture teaches that he, Jesus, was asleep, the flesh was taking a nap, and that they awakened him with cries of Carest not thou that we perish? Jesus arose, and He rebuked the wind and the sea, and they marveled and were amazed that the elements, the wind and the sea and the elements, obeyed Him. And I want you to understand that He controls it all. He can put that peace in your heart when that storm arises, for whatever reason, some kind of bad news comes your way, and what was a peaceful moment in your life, suddenly it got Cloudy and dark, and the wind started blowing in your mind, and it and the everything began to crash in on you, and you wondered, doesn't he care about me? And I want you to hear what he said. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Okay. He said, You believe in God, meaning you believe in the Spirit. God is a spirit. John 4 and 24 in your Bible. He's not an old man all humped over, and somebody said, Well, is he white or is he black? Guess what? He's a spirit. No, oh, he's not either. He's not yellow. He's not red. He's not purple. Not wonderful. You may not like purple. It may not be your favorite color. But God is a spirit. So you don't have to worry about any of that. And God is not going to be tied to human prejudice. God is not going to be relegated to people's bigoted ways. God is a spirit. And He so loved the world. Every nation, every kindred, every language, everybody everywhere. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. And God's church has been reaching to everybody from its earliest stages of birth. The church began to reach out. And when they hesitated on reaching out, you know, it started with the Jewish people, not because they were the greatest, but because they were the fewest, they were the least, and they were the ones where the beginning place began. And all through your Old Testament brings you right up to the book of Acts for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written at the time that was still known as under the law. Moses was the one to give that law. But Jesus brought grace and truth. And so when you come to the book of Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament. You go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You go through the birth, the announcement of His birth, and His actual birth, and then His public ministry as He went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And then Him telling His disciples that I will be taken by wicked hands and crucified, whipped, beaten, and crucified. And when one of His disciples thought to uh, stand in His face and get up in the pastor's grill and say, that's not going to be. Jesus said, you get behind me, Satan. Let's get it straight. The will of the Spirit is what must be done. And so having put him in his place, then here we have an example of the disciples and their being very fleshly and very carnal. Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to get to be the one to give out the orders? And Jesus began to talk to them. And he began to tell them that that's the way of the unbeliever. That's the way of people of the world. That's the way of people who do not have my spirit. And so they begin to clamor and they begin to say, Well, we don't like it that these two have asked you to let them sit on on your right and on their left. Your left. And Jesus made it clear. He said, let's get something straight right now. He said, first of all, he said, there's there's something you've got to partake of. And it's not going to always be a sweet drink. Not always going to be a nice sweet juice. He said, sometimes it's going to be a little bitter. There's going to be some hard time. There are going to be some storms that are going to rise up. There are spirits that are going to try to disturb the peace. That I give to you. There are going to be some days when you'll wonder which way is up and which way is down. And you're going to realize that you have an enemy and that he does not want you to make heaven your final destination. But that misery loves company, and he's going to want you to spend all of eternity with him, where he can torment you, where you'll live with eternal regret. I should have done this, and I should have done that. And why did I make such a big fuss about that? Why was that such a big deal? And what was that anyway that I was upset about? I can't even remember. Oh, but don't worry. In the wrong place, your memory's going to work real good. There'll be no Alzheimer's there. And people will eternally wail and gnash their teeth for the wrong choices that they made. Because they'll be like the ones when Mary and Joseph showed up and they said, we got no room for you. We have made no preparations whatsoever for you. So you know what? You just move on along. And that's exactly what God does. He moved on to a place that was prepared. Oh, it didn't look like much. It wasn't crystal cathedral type thing. It didn't have all the bells and the whistles. you got to understand that God operates in a very humble manner, and he is drawn, even it is written, that out of the mouths of babes, not out of full-grown adults that are know-it-all, but out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, he said, hast thou perfected praise. He's looking for a, regardless of your chronological age, He's looking for a childlike spirit. He's looking for you to become innocent in your thinking. He's looking for you to lay aside all of the ulterior motives and those agendas that you've got. He's looking for you to lay all that down and and come to him in an honest heart, in a good heart that says, I need your help. And I'm preparing, I'm preparing for you to come into my life. He wasn't uh, looking for Trump Tower. He wasn't looking for gold faucets and marble or granite. He wasn't looking for all of the high-end side of things. It was a manger. It was a stable or a stable with a manger. And there was no doubt straw. And I'm quite sure that uh, there was some leftover odor from some of the animals that had inhabited that stable from time to time. And yet there, God chose to manifest Himself in the flesh. The Word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among us. Mary brought forth that flesh because the Spirit spoke the Word and said, That which conceived in in you is of My Spirit, My Word. I'm speaking it just as I spoke the world into existence and spoke the sun and the moon and the stars into existence. So that which is conceived in you is by my spoken word. And you'll bring forth that flesh, and I will dwell to the fullness in that flesh. My spirit, my deity, my power will be in that flesh. And that flesh will take upon it the form of a servant. We're coming humbly here. We're coming in a way that does not wow the flesh. We're not coming with the bright shininess of the trinkets of this world. We're not coming all blinged up. We're not coming in what gets the attention of the flesh. The flesh took one look at that couple and said, no room for you. They couldn't see what was right in front of their eyes. They dissed it. They dismissed it. They sent it down the road. But the stable received them gladly. The stable was prepared for him who would be born king. And so it happened. She wrapped that babe in swaddling clothes. And that babe began to grow in grace and knowledge. In that flesh dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily, and that's why at an early and tender age he could confound the brain trusts, the big thinkers, the professional learned people. They were so learned in the natural things, and he could confound them, and he could answer their difficult questions, leaving them with their jaw on the ground. As his mother said, Hey, I've been seeking you. Where have you been? I'm going to tell you, we're living in a world where you need to know where your children are. And furthermore, you need to know what they're doing, what they're involved with, who they're hanging around, and what's beginning to more and more influence their lives. Are Are you helping yourself and them to get prepared for the God who has something prepared for them and for you? They begin to quibble later on as Jesus went about his earthly ministry. He's grown now somewhere around 30 years of age. and He has em- embarked on his public earthly ministry, that the spirit that dwelled in him to the fullness is ready now to show him to all of the surrounding areas. One place, as he got done ministering, the disciples begin to talk to him, and he said, Let us go unto other places and preach to other people, witness to other people. There are people that need to hear what the church has to say. Let's go knock on their door. Let's go witness to them. Let's share what we have with the person on the job here. Let's do what we are called to do. And as he went about, he began to tell people, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't get all worried. Don't get all uh, turned upside down. And don't let yourself wind up having a heart attack or something here. He said, come on now. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's doing his part of the preparation. What about you? Are you preparing for him who's preparing for you? God's not going to fall down on his end of the bargain. It's you that's got to get everything in gear here. you got to start telling yourself, I'm going to do what Jesus said. He said, there's a place prepared for me. It may not be what your flesh wants, but don't you worry about it. It's going to be just great. It's going to be just wonderful. If you'll just start preparing your heart for his will in your life. First step of preparation is for you to repent. You start clearing out all the garbage and all the refuse and all the dirt. You start getting that out. And you start getting prepared. I want to repent, Lord. I want to tell you I'm sorry. And I want to begin to make steps away from that lifestyle. I want to do something different here, that a good different, so that I'll have a wind up with a good result. I don't want to keep going in the wrong direction and keep having the wrong results. I want to change that pattern, Lord. And what part of repentance is change? It's a change for the good. It's a leaving of the wrong and the evil and the unbelieving. And it's a turning toward what is good and pure and right and holy. A good example, I would think, is an individual that was so uncontrollable and so criminal that they put him in chains and turned them loose into a maze of confusion known as the catacombs. And there he wandered, cut himself constantly on the jagged stones. How many people are cutting themselves on the rough and sharp places of life? Self-inflicted wounds doing evil and harm to themselves because they're the servant of sin and unrighteousness. And that's what sin is and unrighteousness does to people's lives. It cuts their lives. It hurts their lives. It destroys their lives. But one day Jesus said, I'm going to take a boat ride. He said, pull in the anchor and put the oars out and hoist up the sail, and we're going across the lake here. And he made a trip across to a little country, a little island. And when he got there, here came this guy. He comes running out of the catacombs, and the chains are all on him. Nobody could do anything with him. He's naked. He's crazy. He's out of his mind. Ain't nobody control this dude. But this individual came, and some little deep inside of him, that eternal part of him, thrust itself to the ground at the feet of Jesus, the one who is God come in the flesh, the invisible who has showed himself visibly. Jesus says, what is thy name? And he said, legions. For we're many. This man was possessed by many, many devils. And then the devil began to beg. The devil began to say, don't cast me out. Don't send me back to the abyss, to the bottomless pit, pit, to that place you know is hell. Don't, Don't cast me out there. Look, there's a herd of swine over there. Let us go into that herd of swine. Let us go get in the pigs. First of all, you want to notice something. When the genuine, article shows up. When the real power of God is standing right in front of you, when His presence is there to work in your behalf, you want to have your heart prepared for that move of God. You don't want to be backing up. You don't want to be avoiding. You don't want to be shrinking away from or questioning with a hard heart, you want to do what that fella did. And when the devils were casted out, the Bible said they found this man who formerly was uncontrollable. Now he is sitting at the feet. It's so good to get in the church and find yourself a seat where you can be taught the word of God that will calm your life. clothed, wasn't running around immodestly anymore, clothed, and the Bible said he was in his right mind. There's no more right mind than the mind that is built around the chapter and verse of God's Word, in subject matter and in balance, staying with chapter and verse, staying with the Word of God, living by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. This individual had such a great change in his life because somehow between the mess of his life and the opportunity, some people major in missing the opportunities that come their way from God. They just, that becomes their thing. I'm going to miss another opportunity. I'm going to miss another opportunity. I'm going to procrastinate. I told somebody the other day they're going to have a, a baby girl, and I said, well, I said, the first baby, I said, you, um, seems to me like you didn't name that baby until you're in the place where the baby was born, but yeah, well, you know, I had had a look at the baby, couldn't, 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 couldn't. I said, you know, your procrastination is bothering me, I said, so let me give you a name for the second one, so you don't have to go in so unprepared, you know, racking your brain down at the last second, uh, you know. Well, I want to tell you, you don't want to put off. That's what procrastination is, to put off. I'll get to it one of these days. If that fellow had done that, he'd still be in the catacombs, and he'd still been hurting himself and cutting himself in the confusion of life. You do not have to continue in an unbelieving, hard-hearted attitude. You can begin to prepare. That's why John the Baptizer came. He came to prepare the hearts of the people. He was making the way straight, preparing the way of the Lord because he was coming. God is trying to bulldoze down the mountain. He's trying to bring up the valley. He's trying to straighten out the crooked and smooth out the rough to make and prepare a way for you. He said, I'm preparing a place for you in my eternal plan. I I want you to know that I love you enough to prepare a place for you. The Bible said in the Old Testament, for an example, that there was a woman; she was considered pretty wise, rather discerning. And she recognized that this is a man of God. This isn't, you know, I had one case, you know, digging out new work. You, uh, you get, you get into some really extreme and cases that just. Blow your mind. <laughs> and so, uh, knocking on the doors and this uh woman began began to come to church and listen to the word of God and and even got her baptized and began to affect in a positive way her children. And one, one Sunday doesn't show up. Thursday doesn't show up. And next thing you know, you know, going back and hey, what what's the problem here? So, well, you know, minister so-and-so, I'm, I'm, I'm going to his church. Oh, well, where does he have church? Well, he's using my house. Oh, yeah, he's, he's living here. I'm sleeping with him. And you're like, really? And this, this is your idea now of salvation. This is your idea of how God does things. How confused and mixed up it can get. And the enemy is the author of confusion. And he wants to try somehow to wrap it in some kind of religion and to soothe people's conscience while they continue to do wrong and go in the wrong direction and cut themselves and hurt themselves and their children. Jesus sent John the baptizer to fulfill what was written about him that would come as a messenger in the spirit of Elijah. Well, here's this woman in the Old Testament dealing with that prophet. And that prophet comes and she realizes this is the real thing. This isn't, this isn't religion. This isn't sin wrapped and cloaked in some religious garment. This, this, is, this is the real thing. This has got principles to it. This has got the right ingredients to it. This is going to improve your life. This is going to get me away from the wrong things and going in the right direction. And so she tells her husband, she says, we need to make a, a little place here. We need to prepare for this when he comes by. And so they did. And on the journey, then the preacher, the prophet, had a place to stay, a little private little place that they set aside, her and her husband. And they would they prepared that. And the prophet, no doubt, was, you did that for me? Oh, we did that for you. We're doing that for you. We're prepared all of that you and I want you to understand there is a proper way to do things according to God and there's a there's a, a way that the enemy does things that counterfeit it kind of looks the same but it's all different in the spirit of it and the results of it the Bible teaches that there came a time when the prophet said woman he said uh, you've been you and your husband have been so kind he said what can I do for you what what do you need? And wound up that she and her husband had never been able to have a child. No problem. He said, this time, after the due course of nature, he said, you'll you'll have a child. And so it came to pass. That's another thing you might want to look for. Lots of people say lots of things. And they're prophesying to you. You know? I love it, you know. Hundred and fifty people in the congregation. I believe somebody's got a bad back out there. Right. You think? What are the percentages? Maybe 99 out of 100. (laughs) You know. General. Very general. Very general. But people fall for it. People get taken in for it. But you know why they do? Because there's something in them. There's something in them. That is not wanting, really what's right Jesus is looking for an honest heart a good heart good soil that this good seed can get sown in that it can produce a, a good experience and a good outcome in he wants to do that this very morning he knocks on the door of your heart he said you open that door he said I will come in you've got to open the door you got to quit trying to hold it shut you got to try, You got to quit locking all the locks and swinging all the bolts. And you've got to tell yourself, i got to let down my defenses here. i got to unlock the lock here. And I've got to realize that there's He's prepared something for me. And I want to get what He's prepared for me. And to do that, i got to make some preparation. Have you never read in the Scripture where it said, Prepare to meet thy God? Now, I could preach that in a judgment way. But I'd rather tell you, how about preparing to meet him in salvation? How about preparing to meet him where you could with joy Get the salvation of God. and it wouldn't be a depressing thing. It wouldn't be a scary thing. It wouldn't be a judgment thing. But that it would be a joyful thing. A gladness thing. A happy thing. That he's saying, I have prepared a place in my body. In my church. My mighty congregation. My big overall plan. There is a spot with your name on it. There is a place prepared for you. Place prepared for you. And then, of course, you know, people start fussing. The flesh rises up. Well, I wanted to be here. No, and I don't want to be here. I want to be the greatest. Nobody seems to let it catch in their mind where it said, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. You've got to humble yourself like a child. Sometimes people ask for things and they have no idea what they're asking because God has a completely different point of view about it because His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He has a whole different set of standards and criteria than the world does. And the world gets theirs from the enemy who is the small, lowercase g, God of this world. And He's the spirit of the world and that we're not to love the spirit of the world, neither the things of the world. Because you start doing that, and then you don't have the love of the spirit, the book said. He's not going to be there. You want to be preparing for what He's doing and what He's got prepared for you. The Bible even teaches that until you get this great salvation, and then when you do, you got to grow in it, that your heart has and your eyes and your ears and your intelligence cannot begin to even comprehend what the Spirit has prepared for them that love Him and wait for Him. That consistently day in and day out live their life for Him. They die to their flesh, they die to their way, and they come alive to his way and to his will. Having learned that it's so much better to be sitting at his feet, it's so much better to have the peace of God ruled in your heart in the dark hour of the moment when the enemy rushes in and tries to bring doubt and fear and unbelief and misery and tragedy into your life that you can stand up and square your shoulders and say, I believe God, I trust God. I know He's going to take care of it. He's going to stand with me if I stand with Him. He's got good things prepared if I'll just prepare my heart for what He's preparing. you got to get prepared. You can remain standing for what He's preparing. Don't, don't get caught fussing around and fumble the ball and mess the whole thing up. Don't do that. Believe me. Be content with what God has planned. It's going to be more than you could ever imagine. And it's so much of it. What we have down here in the way of salvation is the little end of a very, very big stick. It's the first couple of rungs on a very, very tall ladder. And you want to tell yourself the best is yet to come. The end is better than the beginning thereof. And, oh, friend, the beginning is fantastic. It's great. It's great. When you repent of your sins and you get that big load off of your back and you cut loose from that big dump truck of sin that you're pulling around oh friend and you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and everything is fully pardoned and your sins your dirt is sent away to be remembered no more and then you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost John said I'm baptizing you with water but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire like wheat he's going to gather you into his his barn his garner and you're going to be his and he's going to be yours He's prepared. The Spirit has prepared things. You want to believe that. I want what the Spirit of the Lord has prepared. I don't want what the enemy has got prepared. Not in this life, and not in the world to come. I don't want what he's got. All he can bring is misery. All he can bring is a short little season of the pleasure of sin. And when it's gone, then the billboard is stripped away, and you've got what's left, and you've got disease, and you've got heartache, and then you've got death. You'll stare the death angel right in the eyeball, and he will take you, and it won't be pleasant. You want uh, the angels of the Lord to meet you at your coming. You want them to come and get you, just like they did Lazarus. Can you imagine him being ridiculed and mocked by the rich man strutting around, I got everything in this life, I got what I want, I sit where I want to sit, I got my positions, I got my titles, I got my bling, I got it all, man. But see, the time came when he took a look right at the end and he said, uh-oh, he said, the wrong spirit's come and getting me and look at the angels, look at the Rolls Royce picking you up, how come I'm going out of here in the old junker and you're going out in the Rolls? What's going on here? Oh, because He prepared. The church is preparing and preparing people for the coming of the Lord. For what He has prepared for them that love and wait for Him. So let's start preparing now. Let's start preparing now. Because I'm going to tell you, it's going to come around to a time where it's going to be, i got to go. You make sure you're going in the right direction with the right one. And you prepare for that. It doesn't happen by accident. You repent. You get baptized in Jesus' name in water. And then you get the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. And that starts you on your way of this road of salvation. And then you're taught how to stay saved. Amen. God delivers you from horrible things. He doesn't want you going back to it. He wants to keep you delivered from it, saved from it. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let us love the Lord together. Preparing for the preparation that God has. Come on now. I love you, Jesus. And I need you, Lord. Let's begin to make our way to the front. All of our brethren over here. Ladies over here. Come in close. Room for everybody. You can have the Holy Ghost this morning. We will baptize you in the name of Jesus
0: Christ.